If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. created a space where we could celebrate the unsung and the undervalued. A place where we focus on the many talents and influences for women within the culture in hopes to inspire women everywhere to overcome adversity in a male-dominated world. Welcome to Woman in Hip Hop. What's up, everybody? It's your girl, Jazzy Bell here. You are tuned in to Woman in Hip Hop Podcast. And you already know on this show is where we focus on the many talents and influences from women in hip hop. And today is no exception. Y'all know I've interviewed everybody from Roxanne Shante to Yo-Yo, Rap City, Saweetie, Lotto, to even my girl, Wendy Williams. So <laughs> today we are focused on one of the Biggest talents out here that's killing it in the game. She comes from ATL and she is not sorry about it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we are here with the one and only Amaretta the Great. What's up, Amaretta? What's popping? <laughs> I'm excited <laughs> to have you here on the show. I've like, <laughs> been watching you doing your thing for a couple of years now, even though I felt like I was late to the party, but it's yeah. than never. So now that I'm yeah. here. <laughs> I couldn't wait to have you on the show. So it's such an honor. <laughs> and thank you for being here. So you ready to do this interview? Yes. All right, let's get to it. Now, I said I'm ready to great. And just for the people that don't know, like your name is Amaria Williams? Mm-hmm. That's yeah. The you so, didn't say my whole government out here. Okay, okay. Let's just <laughs> take Amaria. <laughs> But when it comes to the stage name, I feel like it's a play off of that. But can you break down the science of your stage name? Um, it's actually not. It's just a um a female version of the word Omurda. My uncle gave me that name. Mm. So who is Omurda? Is it your uncle? No, that's What's Omurda? That's like a um it's a code of silence. Omurda. Yeah. I never knew that. When you tell people that, does everybody know, like, that's that's what that is? Uh, people that know about it, like, mm-hmm. like, a lot of people that, like, know about the the cult, like, Omerda, they thought that was my name at first. They were like, Omerda, Omerda. <laughs> but it's Omerda. And you say your uncle gave it to you? Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that. I was um watching an old interview when you was talking about your, your family a bit, but I did see a quote when you said the pen and paper was my best friend. Now, how old were you when you realized that you can spit? I was 12, but I've been writing songs since I was like six or seven years old. So I've been knew that I had the talent to write because I used to write like four songs. Then I started writing like poems and stuff. And then I started rapping when I was 12. You remember your first 16? If you do, let me hear a couple calls. Oh, <laughs> I remember it when I was scared to rap it. Why are you scared? This is your humble beginnings. Let's, I mean, you operated a great, and I'm sure it was great back then. Just give me a couple of bars, not the whole 16, but a couple. Okay, if I said I ain't gonna be able to stop, let me just say, okay. <clears throat> it go like this. This I was 12, so now I don't. Okay. 
You want to say that you love me, but it really hurts inside. This fake love that you gave me and this itty-bitty pride ain't even worth a pair of shoes. Ain't even worth a pair of clothes. Can't even paint my nails. Can't even polish my toes. Man, this ain't even real love. you think so, then you crazy. You ain't even a real man. I would never call you baby. You ain't even close to Chris, and that is the real truth. You say you all bad, but I'm the realest in the room, and I'm the queen of the city. Been real since giving birth. Just like Ply say, so you know, I'm the hottest on the earth. I'm the cute one. The fine one, the amazing and the funny. And just so y'all know, I made a whole lot of money. Twerk. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, give it up. That's 12 years old, Operetta. Still says she the greatest. <laughs> I know the fans really enjoy hearing that. I know I did. It's I'm so mature. Here I am, a grown woman that can still relate to those bars. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Now, I also read, um, well, I heard in an interview where you talked about uh, 3SD. Yeah. <laughs> 3SD. Were you 12? Was that around that time? That was when I was like six and seven. That was when me and my sisters had a group called Three Sisters Deep, and I was the songwriter of the group. So mm-hmm. that was a lot younger. Really? Okay. See, that's what I'm saying. A lot of people don't know you've been do- doing this since the beginning. Like, you're not new to this. You're true to this. Yeah, so thanks. We appreciate that. So when it comes to the early stages in, in your career at rapping, who would you say was some of the ones that inspired you? Um, Lil Wayne, um, Young Jeezy, mm-hmm. Tilt, Eminem, mm-hmm. um, Plies. Just, just that one album, though, he had. It was real, real. Like artists like that, they just speak for real and they just talk about like real stuff because I you can relate to like the like when people rap about going through real life stuff, that's the type of stuff I can relate to. Yes. And like talking about your humble beginnings and you just the other day, like you said on your Instagram post, performing on one of the, the first big stage or big shows for you. And that yeah. was um, the strength of a woman. Shout out to Mary J. Blige. Right. Uh, talk to me about that experience and what that was like for you. Um, it, it was, that wasn't my first big stage, but it was my first big show because I actually, like, um, did rehearsals, like, got dancers, like, we've been in rehearsal for, like, two weeks straight, like, you know what I'm saying, like, got the outfits together, like, it was, I put on a real show, so it was, like, my first time, like, actually, because usually I go out on the stage and I just, me by myself and just, like, jump around the stage and just rapping, but this time it was, like, like, you know how, like, Beyonce, they have whole sets put together. Like, it was a real, that was my first one. Like, it was lit. How, how, did, it, how did it feel, though? Because I know, like you said, it wasn't your first big stage. Because we'll talk about what you just did with uh, Lotto and being on her tour. And that was big. And I saw yeah. the scenes of that on how nervous she was. So <laughs> I can imagine you having this whole production strictly right. for you. So, yeah, please explain. But it's actually, like... It was, it's like I was, I'd be more nervous without the set because it's like having a set together really calms my nerves because it's like I'm not up there trying to figure out what I'm going to do next because I already know what I'm going to do. So it's like having a set, it kind of calmed my nerves. And plus I got dancers on the stage with me, so they backing me up, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, like for the lotto thing, when I went out on her tour, like I think my nerves was like more acting up more just because I was going to go out in front of all those people and have to really just like 
try to see what I was going to do on the stage while I'm on the stage. Mm -hmm. But it's like when I'm out there with the set, it's like we not practice this so much that I'm just going and doing what I did in rehearsal. Mm -hmm. when, when it comes to MJB, I'm sure you met her performing. Did you, were you able to meet Mary J. Blige? Uh-uh. After my set, I think I left. <laughs> but it was so many other like women there like who did you meet that you was kind of surprised was like wow they they fuck with me they know i'm already the great and like, i don't think i met nobody um there except usher we took a picture together he was back there riding on skates <laughs> <laughs> his dressing room was right next to mine okay so we took pictures and stuff together and um i think that's it yeah. Okay. Legendary Usher. I mean, him and Skates, that's like <laughs> a new combination now. That's like, right. <laughs> that's like a whole new vibe for him. Uh, real quick on the lotto and the sorry, not sorry. Every Once that song hit, you already know it caused a frenzy. What made you write that song? And did you know that it was going to have the impact that it did? Um, I just wrote it because I was like bored in the car. And I didn't really, I was trying to figure out like what I was going to write a song to. And mm -hmm. I was like, oh, this would be the perfect topic because it's already something like I've been wanting to speak up about this. But it was like, I knew people was going to be like, oh, you just a hater. You just mad or something like that because they like people don't like the truth. So I was like, okay, if I put it in a song, they'll pay more attention to it because it's in a song. So I was like, I'm going to be the one to step up and like say this because ain't nobody else going to see it. They just going to let them keep sliding. Like, so I just. You know what I'm saying? I was like, I'm going to take whatever come with it. I just wrote it, and I dropped it. But I wrote it like a year before I dropped it. I wrote it in 2021, and I dropped it in 2022. Why did it take you a year to finally drop it? Because it was like when I first wanted to drop it, my friend kept telling me not to drop it because she was like, she don't think it's a good idea. But I was like, I knew I was going to drop it anyway, but I knew I needed to have everything together. Like, I ain't have no management, no nothing then. So it was like, if I would have dropped it in, something would have came of it. Like, I would have missed those opportunities just because I didn't have everything in place. But it's like, once I did drop it, I had a whole team, so. Mm, smart. I'm glad you went. Yeah. <laughs> Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles? And a breakfast cutoff. Ba da ba ba ba. You got everybody, even from my hometown. Everybody want to do sorry, not sorry. I'm from, I'm, from, I'm from Detroit. People are like you're not really from Detroit. You're from yeah. you're from the Oscars. I'm like, yo, she started something. Yeah. Did you know that it was going to impact other cities as well. No, like <laughs> I thought it was just going to be something like. In Atlanta, but I still didn't know it was going to be that big. I just thought it was going to be something that get the people talking. Like, I had, like, most stuff lined up to drop after that, but it's like, that took off so crazy. We had to, hold on, pump up, pump the brakes. Like, we had to grab that moment, and mm -hmm. we had to just chill on everything else, because I didn't know it was going to be. Like, I just thought it was going to get people talking, get a little buzz, and on to the next, but it went colossal. You didn't know other people was going to drop their other freestyles, like mm -hmm. the legendary Ludacris. I mean, and he did such a phenomenal job to me. Right. He was my favorite. Tell me, how did you feel when you first heard that? Ludacris? Mm-hmm. Um, I laughed at first. I ain't going to lie. Because <laughs> I was like, what the word? Because I thought he was dissing me. Because I was like, what the word? But then when I listened to it back again, I was like, okay, he giving props. Like, Yeah. I thought he was giving props too. Um, yeah. And then Sierra made her catwalk video to it. I yeah, that was lit. 
that was lit as well. Um, did you get anybody that you felt responded to you that was like really upset at your claims? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I literally like they made so many diss songs about me. It's not nobody that's like, you know, up in the industry, but it's like rappers that's local or whatever they use. They made a lot of diss songs to me, towards me, like I was like, okay, whatever. Okay, well, it's a sorry, not sorry. It has took a, a, a whole world on its own. And like I right. said, other cities is, is talking about it. I got local rappers in Detroit that's doing that as well. So <laughs> thank you for putting out the song. It really, really is <laughs> big. Now, when it came to getting Lotto on it, tell me, how did that come into fruition? Because everybody thought that it was really a jab at her. Right. Weird. And I like it when the girls play nice. I like <laughs> <laughs> um, How did that happen? It was just this guy had, um, he had commented on an Instagram post and he was like, he feel like that if I do a remix, I should get somebody on the outskirts to get on there. And I just thought she was the perfect, like she the first person popped up in my head just because so many people thought that it was towards her. So I just, you know what I'm saying? Took my shot and I hit her up and I was like, you want to get on this remix? And she was like, send me the open verse. So it was lit. Just that cut and dry and that simple. Yeah. Was it a phone call? Was it a DM? Like, how did that happen? Yeah, I had DM'd her. And then after that, I think I think she sent me her number or something. And then we got on the phone and then we talked about it. I was telling her, like, you know, like, um, now she was like, you you spoke for the people from real side and I'm speaking from the people from my side. And I'm like, exactly, like, come, you know what I'm saying? Like, what she did, like, a lot of people was like, well, she did you on your track and stuff. But I'm like, she did what she was supposed to do, like, speak for the South side, you know what I'm saying? Because they felt a type of way about that. Like, and they needed somebody to come and speak just how I spoke for Atlanta. You feel what I'm saying? I definitely feel what you're saying. When it comes to your creative process as a rapper, how does that work for you? You know how some people like to have the lights dimmed, they like to have the M and M's, their favorite chips, yeah. pop. I don't know, but when it comes <laughs> to Amaretta, <laughs> what does that look like for you? Um, I um have all the lights off, and I have like a water. Missy in my lip gloss and my phone. Now, why the why the lights off? What 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 is that? What does that give me? Because I'm shy. And I don't like for people to see me. <laughs> it's always the most talented, the most hardest, that be the most shy. Why? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can you explain why that's the case? It's very interesting to me. Um, um, I just think that, like, a lot of people, they think that since I'm, like, I don't know, like, able to have a personality for a artist or whatever, Mm -hmm. they think like when they see me and they be like why are you so quiet but it's because I'm a like I'm an introvert and I'm real anti-social like I really don't vibe with everybody so if I'm not feeling your energy I'm gonna just like sit there and really not say nothing you know what I'm saying mm -hmm. I respect it and so <laughs> because you're an artist and you're this big personality on stage that you have to be that way off stage right exactly talk to me about um the little old show. I was looking at some old footage. <laughs> <laughs> and I really loved it because I felt like you really wanted to connect with your fans. And to me, you have one of the best fan base out there. Do you agree with Thank that? Thank you. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I like, well, why for you? Are you kidding me? Yeah, they do. Especially <laughs> with that whole, I remember with the little baby situation. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, and even with you know the recent success and everything, everybody's like, "Yo, I'm already been the hardest out." Like, period. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like you championed them, and you guys championed each other. Yeah. Um, I guess when it came to the little old show, what I loved about it, I feel like for one, are you ever going to bring something like that back? Would you kind of uh, probably? Yeah. Have you thought about it? No, I just been so busy. I ain't been able to think about really nothing. Yeah. Yeah. One of the one of the episodes, the reason why I bring up that show is because you talk about um being dark skinned and color. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And I wonder how it is for you now being in this industry. Do you feel like that's something that you face as a female rapper? Um, I feel like it's something that like it'll always be there. Like, a lot of people try to act like that um, colorism isn't real, but it's real. It's very real. It's just a subconscious thing. Like, people don't kind of think about it. But it's like they do it without thinking because I just, like, picture, like, um, say, for instance, like, uh, use myself as an example, a dark-skinned girl that, like, know how to rap real good. Like, to them, that's expected as a dark-skinned girl to be tough, to be... You know what I'm saying? Be able to do God things. But they don't they don't say that. But in their mind, that's like what's in their mind. But it's like if you have somebody like a lighter skinned girl and she's rapping hard, they're going to be amazed. Because in their mind, like light skinned girls are supposed to be soft. So they're like, oh, my God, this is insane. Like, you know what I'm saying? But they don't understand that that's just a thing that they just got in their head, but that's a part of colorism, you know what I'm saying? But it's just so subconscious that they don't even think about it, but they just do it without even thinking about it. It's just normal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, that's why I was like, she need to bring that a little show, uh, a little ocean. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like it was, it was like five years ago, I think, when you created it, but yeah, was saying some really profound things that I feel like would still resonate, you know? Right your fan base today, especially something like that. And you're right. That's what attached to a darker skin person, period. They right. are threatened by darker skin. They feel like when they see darker skin, it's considered more aggressive. It's right. just considered a threat. Like you said, it's more of a subconscious, subconscious thing because of just how we was brought up. And Exactly. It was supposed to be that way. Put it like that. Right. It wasn't our fault. It was just, you know, designed that way for us. So I think the more we talk about something like that, the more that people can really take heed to it. Because I believe Cash Dow even spoke up about it, and she was trying to say, you know, it's real, it's real, and everybody's like, you're bugging. It's like, yeah, he's <laughs> not like you be tripping, <laughs> but it'd be crazy because they believe that racism is real, but not colorism. But it's literally the same exact thing. Like people like will treat you different because of the color of your skin. That's just how the world is. Mm-hmm. And you talked about dealing with that when you was younger. What, what, how were you able to, I guess, fight against it as a young girl coming up? Um, <laughs> because I, I've always been like conceited and like overly confident. So it's like the only thing that people like used to like. I just used to think that they couldn't see my beauty just because I was dark skinned, but I never thought that I was like ugly or nothing like that. So it's like, I really wasn't the type of person that was insecure or felt like not like bad about myself. So it's like, I kind of, the older I got, the more I just understood, like it don't really matter. Like, you know what I'm saying? Cause it's like, I have like a light skinned friend and the, the guy always go for the light skinned friend first. And I never cared. Cause it's like, 
two days later they'll be hitting me up like so it's like because they but it's because when they first see you they just see like oh there's a little dark skinned ugly girl but it's like when they keep looking they like damn she hold on she pretty as fuck like you know what i'm saying like that so it's like i don't really i didn't never really care about it that much because i knew my beauty like yeah it stood out yeah and representation matters we all know this so who would you say was the first person you saw where you say you saw yourself as a representation? Because when I look at you, it's kind of reminiscent to like Foxy Brown, you know, the beautiful dark skin, the baby yeah. girl, you got natural baby hair, <laughs> you be killing it. <laughs> it's just that confidence is. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Well, and that in the hardcore uh, way that you spit reminds yeah. me a lot of her. But I don't know for you, who was it? I guess that's a female rapper that you saw. We was like, you know, I saw myself. Or even if it wasn't a rapper, who was it? Um, I think it was Gabrielle Union. Cause I was, yeah, I was at my friend's house one day, and her mama came and done. Was like, you look like Gabrielle Union, and I looked her up, and I was like, oh, I do look like her. And I, just, <laughs> I changed my Facebook name to Gabrielle McCoy. <laughs> shout out to gabrielle union you should tell her that i felt like she would love that yeah <laughs> first. And that's so important because she one of the, was one of the first dark skin sisters in, in hollywood to really break yeah. and she's been very consistent with being a chocolate sister representing yeah that. um Yes, you are fine. Um, and another person that <laughs> thinks you're fine as well. <laughs> I was Kodak Black. He recently remixed. Oh Lord! <laughs> he remixed his record. Yeah. <laughs> and he came out, and he was not only a fan of your beauty, but also your bars. Yeah. Okay? So I guess it's cool to say that. But how did it feel uh, for you hearing him big you up like that? Um, it was funny because like I just look at Kodak like my twin just because he a Gemini. You know what I'm saying? We both Gemini, so it's like I can't take him serious because he wanted me. You know what I'm saying? Like you just like oh no, like I ain't take that serious just because of the fact that's just how Kodak act. Like I don't like he that's just him. That's just how he act. Yeah, yeah, okay, so you didn't take it seriously. Okay, because you know, a lot of people be getting offended off of Mr. Kodak. But that's yeah, a good but he didn't say nothing disrespectful to me, so I was like, you know. He 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 did, not at all. I, I thought it was funny as well when he... Yeah. <laughs> um, he, and he said a lot of other things, we don't have to go there, but he said he felt yeah. like, <laughs> like, like you better than some of the other, you know, female counterparts out there. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know, like... Cause you say you the greatest and I feel like in female rap, it has a negative connotation when a woman calls himself the queen or the best or the greatest. But when a man does right. it, it seems like they all can coexist and no one is pinning them against each other. Um, how, how do you feel about that? Like, what do you want the word to know when it comes to you saying you're the greatest, you know, you're the queen. I just feel like everybody's going to feel like that. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like I can't, picture myself like saying oh somebody else is greater than me like or like no that don't even sound right like mm -hmm. but I've been like that all my life I just always thought I was like the greatest or the best in the world like and but I work hard to get that title 
Like, it's like it's one thing to say it and then it don't be true, but it's another thing to say it and work hard to make that for real. Like, are you ever offended when you hear another woman say she's the queen of rap or, or the greatest? No, like, I don't even, like, I be so wrapped up in myself to the point I can't really pay attention to, like, other stuff like that. But I do feel like people should respect people's titles. Because, you know, everybody come in with, like, different titles and stuff. Like, that's just like Nikki. Like, she called herself the queen of rap. So I wouldn't come in and be like, yo, no, I'm the queen of rap. Like, you know what I'm saying? Because it's like, yeah, I'm not trying to take nobody's title. Like, whatever somebody call themselves, let them call themselves that. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, get your own titles. Like, Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't call myself the queen of rap. I call myself the GOAT or, like, something like that. Like, everybody got their own titles. Yeah. Speaking of other female rappers, did you see this list? Did you see this? (laughs) Oh, yeah. I don't don't be paying attention to stuff like that. Like, it's just... (laughs) It's just something like a random person made it and it's just circulating. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now, what I do love about this um, influx of female rappers, it feels like it's 96 all over again. And with Little Kills, The Brad, Foxy, Queen, Latino, you know, Left Eye. Um, Who would you say it would be a dream collaboration for you as as far as female rappers is concerned? Do you have anybody? Because you've collaborated with... A few are already. Um, I even interviewed Kaluminati a couple of weeks ago for this season of uh, Women in Hip Hop. She's amazing. You guys right. did that single, single, which was <laughs> dope. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I would say um, Doja Cat and Cardi B. Mm. Yeah. Why? <laughs> um, I think that they both dope artists. Yeah, and you feel like it would complement what it is you got going on. Yeah. Okay. Told you, Kat and Cardi B. I can see that. I can see that. Now, want to end this interview, I do have this thing called confessional, where okay. I just offer five questions, usually warrant one-word answers, nothing crazy. But okay. I, let's see, let's see. What is the biggest misconception about Amaretta the Great? Um... I don't know. I think people be pretty head on. <laughs> they're, pretty, they're pretty spot on about you. What you see is what you get. Yeah. <laughs> I'm running great. No biggest misconception. Okay, I know you told me about your dream collaborations, but since it's this woman in hip hop, give me your top five favorite female rappers. I already know who inspired you earlier. You gave it up to TIs and Plies and GZ and them. Do you have a top five female rappers? Um, this is not strictly about bars. This is like my just me just loving the artist. Um, I would say Doja Cat, even though Doja Cat got bars, so I don't want people to think I'm saying she don't. Um, Rico Nasty, uh, Cardi B, uh, Lady London for sure, and um. Number five. Who is number five? I don't know. Ooh. Pick one. Number five. Well, you got Doja Cat, Rico, Nancy, Lady London. I got two. You got to give me two more. Oh, you said Cardi B. Cardi B and mm-hmm. um Lotto. She five. You know what? That sounds like a bomb ladies' night remix. I'm just gonna put that out there. Period. <laughs> <laughs> ladies' night remix right there. Okay. Now 
if you had to give advice to the young aspiring rappers coming up, what would it is you want to say to them? Um, to just always be they self, like authentic, genuine, and don't try to fit in with the rest because that's how they're gonna burn out. Mm, love that, love that. And of course, the fans want to know when is the album coming? When can they expect <laughs> the new? I would say in about a, the next month. Cause we working on it. Like we going to the studio and like this week and getting everything cleaned and solidified. So it's coming. What can they expect? How many tracks, any collaborations production wise? Like what we doing? I don't know the tracks yet, mm-hmm. but they can expect some good five producers on there. I know I got some songs with Mike Will. Okay. Um, I, I think that's like the biggest producer on the album. Um, they can expect some singing, maybe some pain songs, some chill songs, some club songs, just everything. Mm. I'm glad you said Mike Will, because you know what? Producers are really big right now. Do you have a dream collaboration as as it comes to producers that you haven't worked with yet that you would love to work with? No? Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, before you go, give me one word to describe the feeling that you feel right now. Not a phrase, not a sentence, but one word. What would it be? Happy. Happy. (laughs) (laughs) Happy is you heard it here first, a woman hip hop podcast. I'm already the great. Thank you so much. You are amazing. You've been killing it for a long time, and I can't wait for people to see you do more and for people to give you the flowers that you deserve. You want to be out here doing it. Your talent is amazing, and can't wait to see more. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. All right. I'll talk to you later. Okay. All right, bye. I created a space where we can celebrate the unsung and the undervalued. A place where we focus on the many talents and influences for women within the culture in hopes to inspire women everywhere to overcome adversity in a male-dominated world. Welcome to Woman in Hip Hop. Hey there, ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah, or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before.